Welcome to the Mind Management Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Bullock. Our brains are on autopilot, sorting information and just giving it all meaning. Here I'm going to teach you how to take your brain off autopilot, take control, and manage your thinking so you can live authentically as you and love authentically. I want you to create a life that you are proud to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Good morning, my friends. Well, whatever time of day it is, I always say good morning because that's when I record my podcast. That's when I get a second in peace. But whatever time of day it is, good day. (laughs) Okay, intros are hard for me. I don't really know what to say at the beginning because I'm talking to myself in my closet. If I imagine my people sitting right there, it does help a little bit. So I hope that you're doing good. I hope that... If you're not doing so good that you're giving yourself so much grace and compassion. Uh, It's a weird season of life. And I feel like it just keeps getting weirder. But at this point, like, I don't expect anything to be normal anymore. (laughs) I lost that expectation. It was only making things harder for me. So we're just rolling with it this year. Okay, so today I have this topic and I've seen it in my coaching. That's when I noticed it is while coaching clients. I'm not quite sure exactly how to convey it to you, but we're going to give it a try. So I'm going to call this concept inverse thoughts. Here's what happens when we coach people. Here's what happens with the brain, right? There's, I want you to imagine like an integer line, like that you use in math with the end and, or the beginning and the end point, right? On the left side, of that line, I want you to label that portion shame. All right, Brene Brown is a shame expert. She talks about shame resiliency and all of the effects of shame. She says, I went, because I love her definition, so I went and looked it up. She defines shame as an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. So I want you to think about the feeling of shame in your body. Shame isn't all that useful in our body. It doesn't produce any of our good work. We've talked about that before. When we're sitting in shame, our actions never really produce the results that we want. Okay, now on the other side of the line, I want you to write pride, right? So if shame says that I am wrong, on the other side, the opposite side of the scale would be pride that says, you are wrong, right? So we do this thing where we find our brain likes to jump to shame and it feels terrible. Like, like Brene Brown said, an intensely painful feeling because we as individuals have this need for love and belonging. We do. And if we're unworthy of that, then that's all of our fears coming in at once, this painful feeling of shame. Something is wrong with me. Okay, so other side of that is pride. Pride is you are doing it wrong. Something is wrong with you. You are the reason for my problems. And when we step into a problem, when we are experiencing lots of this emotion, it's going to go from shame and shame feels terrible. So our brain jumps over to if the problem isn't me, because I don't want to believe that the problem is me, I'm going to swing it the other way. It's got to be you, right? Then your actions are the problem. You're doing it wrong. So we kind of do this back and forth swinging. So to settle down, the swinging, 
we can aim for what's right in the middle, which is confidence. Okay, confidence, I think I've said this in the podcast before, but if not, my definition of confidence, what I like to think is confidence is a godlike love for yourself. This is seeing all of your flaws, all of your strengths, not hiding from the flaws, not denying the flaws. Like we understand that we have them, that we are human, and we don't make it mean so much about us. And we see our strengths, and we're not afraid to accept our strengths and see our strengths because there are some of you that are afraid to even admit that, like, you're dang good at something, right? And the little side note that I also want to put with confidence is it's easier to draw upon confidence when we're not identifying with all of our thoughts. Like we have a mean thought, we have a pattern, something that the brain starts to believe that it starts to find evidence for. And then we identify it with it. Like I am a mean person or I'm a judgmental person or I'm a lazy person. Like we make it into our self-concept. But I think we can access concept or <laughs> we can access confidence better when we realize that we are the thinker of our thoughts. We are the higher being. These are just thoughts that are coming in and out, darting in and out of our consciousness, right? We are so much more than just those thoughts. Those don't make up who we are. We are something higher. We are the, the watcher of all of those things and we get to choose which ones take meaning for us. That's so much more important than just a trillion thoughts that are just bouncing around in your head. Okay, so confidence is like godlike love for yourself. Confidence is right in the middle. But we're not really practiced at jumping into confidence all the time. It's not our strongest suit. It's not the brain's automatic response. And therefore, it's harder to jump to. Our brain on autopilot does not jump to confidence. It's probably going to jump to either shame or pride, or it's going to do the back and forth swinging. But what I've noticed while coaching clients is that almost every shameful thought that we have about ourselves has an inverse thought that's a prideful thought that we put onto someone else or something else, something outside of us, right? So shame says that I am wrong, which if I'm wrong and I'm this or that, then that's just what I am and I can't fix it. So I'm stuck, right? And pride is the inverse of that, which is you are wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're the problem. And therefore I can't fix it. So I'm stuck. So both sides of the coin, like you're stuck. Whereas confidence right in the middle, you have so many options. That's what, why we want to draw into confidence because when we're in shame, we're stuck in our problem. When we're stuck in pride, we're stuck in our problem. Confidence is the best way, the best option there that we have options, that we open up to more thinking. We're not stuck. We can get past it because the problem exists inside of our head where we have the control, where we can change the story. So let me give you an example. I've worked a lot with clients on body image and self-love and when they try to hit physical goals, right? So I've seen those shameful thoughts. They're all in the realm of like, I can't hit my weight loss goal. I'm a quitter. I fail at everything. I have no willpower. I'm pathetic. I'm disgusting, right? 
all those thoughts, that narrative is going through their head. And then when we coach on the other problems, the other problems that exist are somewhere around the lines of, like, my husband sabotages me because he brings home sweets. He won't support me. He gets mad when I leave to work out. He doesn't like when I work out. Or if he would just be supportive, then I could do it. Do you see how either way the problem, like we're stuck. If I have no willpower, if I fail at everything, I don't have any confidence in myself that I can hit this goal. And then if that's not the problem, if that starts feeling too terrible, then we jump into pride. Why is this actually husband's fault? Why, if I was married to somebody else, would I have actually exactly what I want? And then I would have confidence to go along with it, right? That's what our brain does, okay? So look at the thoughts that you have. I want you to think about the things that you are struggling with. Let's say another thought, another example would be like, I am a terrible mom. I've seen this so many times coaching mothers. Like there's that thought we don't always logically believe but then something happens and it just is this big old rock of evidence in the box, in the belief of I am a terrible mom. Okay. Then the brain swings to the other side because that feels horrible and terrible, especially when it's intertwined with how much we love the little humans that we're raising. Right. (laughs) So when it swings to the other side, Now, I'm going to use just a lot of spouse examples because I think that when the spouse is, the you know, your closest person to you, it's easy to see all their flaws. It's easy to put it on them, but it might be somebody other than your spouse. It might be the way that your parents raised you, right? It might be your job. It might be your boss. It might be something other than your spouse, but I will give the example of the spouse. Okay. So shame thought, I'm a terrible mom. And then it swings over to the other side because we want to put the blame somewhere else because that feels terrible. And this is all the brain doing this, (laughs) right? This is just what brains do. Okay. Inverse thought. Let's say he expects me to do everything. He's not being the dad or the husband I need him to be. If he would just show up this way, if he would just do this or that, then this wouldn't be a problem at all. Then I wouldn't have to think that I'm a terrible mom. Then I could be a better mom, right? It goes now into his court. It's his problem. So it feels like we're solving the problem in our brain because for a second that relieves the shame and then we're stuck in resentment and anger and probably start to build a story about why he's doing other things wrong. This is just what the brain does. It's really, really good. You give it a story and it's going to find evidence. It's going to back up that story, whether that story feels good or not. So we talk about rewiring the brain, right? I want to take your brain off autopilot. That's what it says in the beginning. This is the thing that I want you to notice. I want you to notice when your brain is starting to do this back and forth swinging, right? I want you to notice and I want you to be like, oh, this is why. Because shame feels terrible. So my brain's trying to get out of shame. So it's putting the problem outside of me, which is only going to create anger and resentment. The phrase that I love to use when I notice this happening is what does confidence look like? 
if I had the pure love of God for myself, if I could accept my weaknesses and see them and not hide from them, if I could fully lean into my strengths and own them and be proud and happy that I have them and not hide from them, what would my reaction look like? What would confidence do? That's what I love asking myself in the moment. Or I'll notice the self-doubt, I'll notice the pride, and I'll say, no, we're not doing that. We're going to do some confidence right now. Because whatever your brain is feeding you with the self-doubt and the pride, it's going to feel really true in the moment. Both sides of the coin is going to feel really, really true. But truth can be found in any thought, any thought that we want to think. The brain is just really, really practiced at feeding you this story that it has for the shame and pride cycle, right? It, it's going to keep feeding you all of the things from the past that it has. It's going to, it's already on the alert. <laughs> it's already on the hunt for that. So it's going to find it. It's really good at it. It's very practiced at finding either why you are not good enough in some way, shape, or form, or why everybody else isn't good enough. So now we're just rerouting it. We're just interrupting that pattern that we have in our brain, and we're starting to remind ourselves, no, I want to access confidence. And every time we reach for that, every time we try, we're getting better at it. We're practicing more. We're getting better at it. We're interrupting thought patterns and we're making it easier for the next time. Not saying it will be easy. It probably will be hard because you have to drop a story. You have to drop a story that feels true to your core. You might even feel in some ways that you're being naive for not believing the shame story or for not believing the pride story, right? There's going to be some thoughts and feelings because the brain wants to hold on to that because it thinks that it's safe. It thinks that it's trying to show you problems and trying to show you reality. And if you choose not to believe the story, then you're kind of being delusional. You're making up your own reality, but reality is whatever we perceive it to be. All right. So remember that, that truth can be found in any thought. We make it so. So what is the story that we want to rewrite it with slipping into confidence. Watch those inverse thoughts. If you go in and you start writing down all your thoughts, or maybe you already know the thought that your brain really likes to believe. I'm not good enough, right? I'm disgusting. If you know the thought that your brain likes to believe, look for, look at how we critique others. Look at where we put the problem in others because for sure, there will be an inverse thought. There will be an inverse prideful thought that if you can let go of, if you can realize that that is just almost a coping mechanism to get out of the shame, then it's so, there's so many more opportunities for love to end the judgment and suffering for yourself. So as you go and try to access more confidence, if you really try to apply this, you're going to notice it's not, of course, it's not easy. None of this is easily done. It's very simple, but not easily done at all. You're going to mess up. You're going to make a mess of it. You are going to swing from shame to pride. You're going to watch your brain teeter back and forth. Sometimes you'll believe the shame story. 
Sometimes you'll believe the pride story, and sometimes you're going to access confidence. I remember getting in an argument with one of my dear closest family members, and I was like, no, they're doing it wrong. They shouldn't have done this way, right? And I watched my brain, and then I noticed, no, they're doing it exactly right for them. And I, it just kind of did this teetering back and forth. And sometimes I could access confidence and then other times the pride was slipping in. And sometimes I could access confidence and then the pride was ship, uh, slipping in, right? It just went up and down and up and down, almost like you're standing on a board, right? And the board is split evenly over like a fence and you're just back and forth and you're trying to get it right. You're trying to hit it right in the middle, but it's hard work. The brain wants to believe that prideful story, or it might even really want to believe the shameful story. And that's exactly how it's supposed to look. It's not always going to be, nope, I shut this story down and I'm accessing confidence perfectly. That's at least not how it's ever worked for me. But it's getting better. It's getting easier. The more that I interrupt that pattern of thinking, the more I get better at drawing on the thoughts that create confidence for me, right? We gave you the definition of confidence, like a godlike love for yourself, but going into those thoughts, like when the story seems really, really strong in shame, really, really strong in pride, it's almost hard to access the thoughts that create confidence. Like we don't even know what to think. You'll ask the question, what does confidence look like right now? And you honestly will be like, I don't know. We get better at that part. We get better at answering like, well, it could possibly look like this. Because we start to get more and more familiar of what confidence looks like for us. And it's going to be different for everybody. What creates confidence, what looks like confidence. For some people, they might draw on humor. They might draw on compassion Maybe confidence looks really kind to them in some moments and other moments it looks very firm. Okay, so we get better at that part, but we have to practice. You can't just stop at I don't know. That's just the brain not being well practiced at it. We got to draw for an answer. So let's go back to the example of that I gave the first example of I can't hit my weight loss goals. I'm a quitter. I'm pathetic. I'm disgusting, right? Inverse thought is my husband sabotages me. Uh, He doesn't support me. If he would support me, then I could do it. All of those things. What would be a good thought to access confidence? Confidence would be right in the middle, right? So recognizing our flaws. Like I'm a human with a human brain. And when I eat Oreos, the brain gets a big old hit of all the good feelings, all the good chemicals. I don't know exactly what they are. Dopamine, maybe it's dopamine, but it gets a hit of everything that feels good for us. Okay, I'm a human. I like those things. Sometimes I'm going to eat Oreos, but that doesn't make me pathetic. That doesn't make me a quitter, right? It's unattaching from that shame. We're moving out of shame and coming into confidence. I'm also a human that has a human body and this body is a gift and I love this body. 
right? Maybe we have to access some neutrality first. Like this is a human body. This is a human stomach. And then we try to access that love for it. So what does that look like for you? For me, it's like, I would rather not think any of those shameful thoughts when it comes to my body. I want to think, what is my body capable of? That to me feels like confidence. That to me feels like accessing God's love for me because it's like he gave me this gift and he knows that it's incredible. And there's so many people that want this gift that I have. And so I want to see what it's capable of. That feels good to me. Now, in the other example of I'm a terrible mom and then prideful thought is he expects me to do everything or he's not being the dad and husband I need him to be. That's, you know, the shame, the pride. What would the confidence look like? You can answer this one for yourself. The answer that I wrote down for it is I'm both good and bad. I have my moments, (laughs) but I am the exact mother my kids need in this life. I have moments that are terrible and I have moments that are awesome and amazing and light my soul on fire, right? So I'm both good and bad and I love all of me. So that's what confidence feels like to me in that aspect Because then it takes the problem off of him. It takes the problem off of me as an individual. It creates a sense of peace and love. And that's what I feel like would open up so many more options. It would open up options for me to love the partner. It would open up options for me to love myself. But we can't do that when we're spinning in either the shame or the pride story. It's okay. The brain is going to do it. If you do this, you have a human brain. Congratulations. Now we just need to learn how to override. It's automatic thinking, these patterns that we get stuck in. But I just want to reiterate, I just want to remind you that it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel weird. It's almost going to feel impossible to let go of the shameful or the prideful stories at first. Because that feels like reality. It feels like you're letting go of reality. But that's not the case. That's just the story that the brain is believing so strong right now. And you might even go to friends and family and they will try to solidify that reality for you. Yeah, he is wrong. Yeah, you should be able to or you shouldn't have the Oreos at night, whatever it is, right? Those stories will get solidified the more that you talk about them with friends and family. It's I, this is one just big old plug for coaching because a coach can call you out on that. A coach doesn't fall in to the game of this is actually reality. If it's not circumstantial, if it's not something that everybody would agree on, then it's optional. We can change our story about it. It's not reality. Reality is very boring. Reality is all just factual things. Reality is not our interpretation of those factual things. That part is within our control. The thoughts and feelings that come after what the circumstance is, is within our control. And again, 
That doesn't mean it's always happy. But it does mean that we are the ones creating our experience every single time. So I hope this concept of inverse thoughts might give you a little peek into what's going on in your brain. It might be a cue to say that somewhere I'm believing a story. Maybe the stronger side of the story for you is the shameful thought. But maybe the stronger side of the story is the prideful thought. Where do you hang out most? Which, quote, reality are you believing the most? And how can we switch that story to one that is centered in confidence? Okay? I hope you guys have a lovely week. If you want help with this, if your story seems so strong, that's what I do. Come and schedule a free call with me and I'll just coach your brains out and hopefully you can access those feelings of confidence. Okay, access those thoughts because like I said, that's a hard part coming up with what thoughts are going to work for me to access confidence. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you next week. Bye.